You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Because weekly motorcycle talk show. I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. It's Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latron. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. Hello again, everybody. It is Pit Pass Moto Racing Weekly. Took a week off last week, but guess what? Back this week. Why? Because we've got a lot to talk about. I mean, it's it's a, it's a stellar show. We brought in the big and heavy hitters, PJ Duran in the studio, along with Tony Wink, our uh, producers, Jack, uh, trying to figure out how to turn the volume down. There you go. Uh, Jack and Leanne Daly, I'm producing this program. And Jack, we hope your pop is uh, in a better place today. Yes, he is. Thanks for asking. He's um, in a much better place. <laughs> home. Well, no, he's not home yet. No, he's on his way, though. Right? Yeah, he's on his way home, so oh. it's all good. Oh, great. So um want to thank you and Leanne for... Uh, blessing us with your appearance and uh, your production skills on this very program tony wink in studio tony big program on tap don't uh, don't introduce the one that we're going to start which is all the way up to there and then pump the brakes a little bit well we're going to have kyle wyman on we have a lot of road racers actually kyle wyman's going to be on um and colin edwards is going to be on the texas tornado and that's hour number two hour number one we're going to have andy debrino who's a pretty interesting guest he's got a uh he he is racing this. He raced the Super Hooligan Series, but uh, in the AFT. But he's done a lot more than that. So, um, Andy Debrino will be our guest. Josh Strang, who just signed with Kawasaki, that he's, was big news. Yeah, it was. It's big news for. I don't know if it's big news for Strang. I mean, it's 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 awesome that he's with another factory team, but it's big news that Kawasaki's coming back into GNCC. We tried to uh, do something uh, this year with with Cowie with Babbitts. Uh, with uh, Jason Thomas, and he got injured, and it didn't work out. So um, this is a full factory effort through the Babbitts team. Obviously, they're not going arena crossing with arena cross being done. So uh, big deal for for Babbitts, big big change for Babbitts. And uh, it'd be interesting to see what Josh Rank can do on that new KX450. The the 19 looks really cool. I have ridden it, actually, and it is nice. Um, but, you know, with a new team, new equipment, uh, there's a lot of what ifs, so a lot of question marks as we go into round one down in uh, d- out in the East Coast for the GNCC. Do we know if Strang has had an opportunity to throw his leg over that bike? Yeah, I believe he has at this point. Okay, um, well, you got to ask. We uh, we had Strang on, I don't know, maybe a month and a half ago, and w- it, we already knew about the deal, but we couldn't talk about it publicly right. because. Uh, he was still finishing up his his contract obligations, and then uh, he did ISDE, you know, and and uh, he was on a different brand at that point. So now going forward, we can talk about it, and we can talk about who his teammates going to be, and and all that stuff. So I'm I'm looking forward to the interviews, and uh, we will be featuring some Christmas music as bumpers tonight, oh, going no. to and coming back from break. Is this one of our holiday shows? We appreciate you folks celebrating with us here on Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Can I make a request? Yes. If we're going to listen to this Christmas stuff, yeah. make it Elvis Christmas, Jack. Okay. All, he can do that. There's a whole album of Elvis Christmas. Yeah. A and B side is good enough for 
I you, get it. You don't need anything else. Uh, we don't need Scott singing anymore. No, no, we don't. We don't. <laughs> All right, welcome back. It is Pit Pass. Uh, Scott Casper with you. Let's go to PJ Duran. Breaking news before we head to our first guest. Uh, as we're in the off season for road racing, there's a couple things going on. Uh, they did announce the final uh, rendition of the World Superbike three race format. We've talked about briefly. I think we have some open time. I will go ahead and lay it all out then because it'll take me a moment to explain it and make sense of what's going to be happening. But the rules are out in World Superbike for the new and very different three races per weekend uh, setup that's going to be happening this like coming it? season. Yeah, I think it's it'll be interesting. Adds more action at the track. Uh, we'll we'll talk about it. I think during the open because uh, I'd like to get all both of your guys' thoughts on it as well. So what you're saying is we have to wait till the very end of hour number two. <laughs> oh, that's a tease. It is. Let's go to our very first guest. Uh, he's back to back with Super Sport titles in both 2016 and 17. He joins us now. Does Gigi Garrett Gerloff? Garrett, how are you? Hey, what's up, guys? Finally, what? I'm I'm on. I can talk again. <laughs> how about that, man? I hold my breath for those first few minutes. How How are you? <laughs> I'm doing awesome. Yeah, I'm doing great out here on the uh, the West Coast. Still got a little bit of sunlight out here watching the sun go down, so uh, life is good. Mm. I, I love the West Coast suns. I, I just do. Oh, There's something there. different. There's something different about it. Let's go to Tony. Wait, Tony, start us off. <laughs> I just want to talk about uh, your the YouTube videos and, and uh, how is life behind the – how is life on YouTube? Uh, well, it hasn't started yet, to be honest. Um, yeah, so that's kind of just – an idea that I'm uh, I'm playing around with. Um, it's something that I'd like to give back to the fans that we have in uh, Moto America, all the all the people that want to know more about um, our sport and more specifically, kind of things related to me um, and how my world works. And so, just just an idea that I have right now. And I've already kind of shot one episode actually last weekend at Chuckwalla um, for just a track day, just having some fun out there with some some good friends like Josh Hayes and Corey Ventura, Corey Ventura another road racer. Um, but yeah, I just want to give back a little bit. It's, uh, I feel like it's something that people are interested in and for you guys out there listening, let me know, uh, leave a comment on my Facebook or uh, Instagram or whatever you guys can find and, and, uh, let me know what you think about the idea and what you guys would like me to do or uh, show. And, and yeah, um, so right now for, for the winter, it's just going to be kind of just some fun stuff, just stuff that I'm doing, a little bit of training, some, some action stuff. And, um, but, uh, the idea is to carry it on into the season and really show, that behind-the-scenes part of road racing that I don't think a lot of people have seen. I, I know it's a big deal uh, for the motocross world, and it's something that they've seen for a while and shown with uh, you know some some documentaries that are out there. But I don't know. I just like to show this, yeah, the fans a little bit more of, of what we do and how intense some of this stuff is. And and uh, you know, it's not a walk in the park, so I kind of want to show that more raw side of everything. And um, that's the basic idea right now. So still in the works, not a for sure thing, but I definitely like to hear from everybody and, and hear what they think about it. So that's kind of the rough idea right now. Garrett, uh, congratulations on what was uh, a crazy strong uh, freshman season for you in the Superbike class. Uh, you came out obviously well-armed uh, with your success in the 600 class. How, uh, how did you feel about your season? You've made the podium a handful of times, uh, which is great news. You didn't get that key win that I'm sure you are looking for at every race. Uh, it Clearly, you're about to break through and, and get a win. What did you think of your season overall? Uh, it wasn't bad. You know, it was um, 
everybody calls it, you know, the first year of learning year. I, I didn't like to think about it like that. Like, I wanted to come into it as, hey, I'm a championship contender and I want to go fight for this championship. Um, and through testing and everything, I felt like we had a really good bike going into the year and, and I had really, really high hopes. Um, but when when it comes around to a race weekend, all the nerves are up and everything just kind of seems to, uh, you know, change a little bit, whether it be uh, me and my riding and, and uh, the crew and what they're doing. So, just um, it was a good year for everybody. We learned a lot. Um, I had a new crew chief this year who was uh, new to racing, and you know I was a new superbike guy. So um, me and the team we had a little bit of learning to do, but I'm glad that we've gotten all of that out of the uh, out of the way this year. And I'm really looking forward to uh, to starting next year um, soon. You know, we're coming up to the end of 2018, and we start testing in in uh, January. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm super excited, but. Uh, back to back to this year, um, I felt like I showed some some. I had some moments where I, I showed some some potential. I don't like that word either. <laughs> potential. Uh, I wanna I wanna go out and get the results. But um, yeah, one one step at a time. One step at a time. And this bike isn't. Uh, it's an awesome bike. It's easy to ride. It's just uh, the other things around it. Um, everything has to be set up perfectly or almost perfect because everybody else on the grid is a really solid rider and they have some experience getting the bike set up the way they want. And, and uh, so, yeah, there was just a lot of, uh, a lot of learning this year. And I think it showed some of the races, some of the mistakes I made, um, unfortunately. But, um, you know, I want to say I've learned from everything and that when 2019 comes around and we're at Road Atlanta on the grid for race one, that I'll have everything behind me and, and you know, race our new year and, and be up there fighting for those wins and hopefully a championship by the, uh, the, by the end of 2019. Well, yeah. Road Atlanta was a good start for you this past season. I mean, your very first race, you came out on the podium, so you can't. I can't imagine uh, anyone would be upset about that. What have What have you guys got in store for the bike in this off season? I, I know Yamaha definitely doesn't sit still. No one on your team does. Uh, clearly, you've got the you've got the reigning champ on your team too. So you've got a the fastest guy out there right now to chase. Yeah, definitely. That's uh, that's been nice to be able to see some of his uh, his info and data and kind of learn off of him a little bit. He's uh, definitely he knows what he's doing. I think it shows. Um, but as far as uh, as far as what the, how the bikes can be different, um, like they, yeah, for sure, they don't stop working. They're always working, trying to find something new, something to to get out of every little piece of the bike. Um, I've heard some stuff that uh, they've made that engine a little stronger, which I like. That's always good, and some other stuff that has to do with uh, the frame and. I mean, come on, man. I, I can't give you guys too much. I can't give away all the secrets. Oh, no, wait a minute. It says right here you can, yeah, it says right here in my script that you can give us all that you want to. Actually. So. Is that what it says? Yep, right there, uh, line four. Yeah, so yeah. I'll have to wait for uh, our PI guy to <laughs> You're a Leo, right? Uh, I guess, yeah, I am. Um, I don't know. I don't really look at that stuff too much, but yeah. August Scott's first. ready to, about ready to no, pick that, up on you. I'm a Leo. You're a Leo, Tony. I am. Um, that sometimes means that you know, you might have kind of a heavy hand in opinion or operational skills. Um, have you ever found that to be problematic for you? Uh, say that one more time. Like, I get too technical or something like that? No, something, you know, maybe you want it your way because it's the right way. Um, I do seem, I, yeah, I typically <laughs> ask anybody in my family or my friends that I definitely like to do things my way. Right. Um, and once I have that way, for sure, things fall into place you know um yeah it took a while to took a while to get my way um or to find my way i guess not really to get my way but to find my way with the 600 and once i did it was everything 
just worked and it was awesome and epic and yeah for sure um it's not it's not something in in like it's not something that i can just say like oh yeah this this and this and i'll have everything perfect it's yeah it's kind of you know refining my way and and uh and the team also and work us working together and communicating and and uh so you know it's a lot of different ingredients they don't all just uh end up on a plate and it's a nice you know christmas dinner or something <laughs> you gotta you gotta work for it so that's what uh that's what we've been doing trying to find it Speaking of Christmas dinner, we're coming into the holidays, Garrett. Uh, you hail from Texas originally. Are you uh, going to be heading back to the to the big state uh, in yes, the off sir. season? Yes, sir. Uh, I'll be back on the uh, 19th. Be back home, but uh, until then, yeah, I'll be out here in California. And, and uh, actually, I think this week we got a couple sessions lined up. I'm going to go to Apex uh, Motorsports Park. Uh, out in Riverside with uh, Josh Heron and Joe Roberts, I think, and we're going to go ride Supermoto. And then uh, Friday, I'll be down at Paula Raceway with uh, Josh Hayes and some other guys. So it's it's uh, it's been so awesome being being out here for my training and being able to be on a bike any day that I want. You know, any any day I can snap my fingers and be somewhere uh, with uh, a bunch of great riders and and uh, train hard with them. So uh, I definitely. Like being out here on on the, the West Coast, but it'll be good to go go back for Christmas and see the family and and actually my dad um, a couple of days ago he just had his, his back fused his lower lower vertebrae I'm not exactly sure from which vertebrae to which vertebrae but um, he's in the hospital right now recovering and doing great and and so I'm really excited to see him again. And, Was it a laparotomy? Uh, uh, I don't know the you know the medical term, but they definitely. They they cut them open from the front. Yeah. Did some. They pulled all the stuff out, put it on the table. Oh. Did some work, put it all back in, sewed them up, and then flipped them over. Uh, you know, <laughs> Gross. And, uh, cut them open and did, did the rest of the fusing on his on his vertebrae and stuff on the back part. So he was. Uh, We'd yeah. call that. We, we would call that uh, processing plant work here, but uh, <laughs> that's, that's about. What you get hazard pay for that. You know, a buddy of mine, uh, Jerry the King Lawler. You know him from uh, WWE and and Tennessee wrestling and all that. Uh, had a vasectomy. And on the next show, he he talked about having the vasectomy reversed. And let me tell you something. That's possible. He, he, he said it is. Oh, gosh, I did not but want to I go did, through that. I asked him which was the most painful, and he said absolutely the having it reversed. Ugh. I know. Uh, Garrett. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to that, you know, that topic. <laughs> <laughs> Garrett, your, your, your uh, testing starts next month. What do you? What's it look like for you? What kind of things are you guys going to be working on with the R1? I mean, you kind of touched um, on it, but yeah, I mean, um, we have a, a direction on, on things we want to try. But honestly, after a year of riding, I, I feel like I know the bike really well and kind of which direction I want to try to go with things. Um, but you know, it's nice having all those notes. So really, just keep working on the same stuff and also the few things that they've changed. Just verifying those changes, seeing if it's something that we like or don't like, and how it affects the bike. And um, that's kind of it. But for me, I'm more excited to be working on things that, that uh, work on me and my riding. Um, I've, uh, I've learned a lot this year, and I feel like I've applied a lot. Um, I just want to continue to go through that process. And actually, it was really nice to be at Chuck Walla uh, last weekend at the SoCal Track Days um, with, with just a stock R1, just to do laps and, and ride without the TC on and, and uh, on some Dunlop Q4s and just try to get the bike to uh just just learn how to ride the bike in a little bit different way sliding around and, and working on um braking techniques and rear brake techniques um uh you know throttle control and all those kinds of things that maybe I, I lacked a little bit this year that i didn't necessarily get to learn riding the 600 um so that was something that i feel like really really helped me and and that's what i want to continue to, 
to do with these tests that we have um, in the next coming months and and just keep um, just keep working on things that I didn't get a chance to uh, to work on this year or that kind of slipped my mind and, and now I'm realizing that are more important than, than they were so um, I want to say these tests are more for me than for the team but hopefully in the end that we all learn something and we there you go. yeah going into 2019 ready to try to win a championship you know it always it, it always confuses me or surprises me that so many road racers we talk to don't ride in the off season hardly. They pedal, it's they ride hard. motocross, they whatever. But it's like, why wouldn't you just go get an R one and and go do track days? It just to me, it doesn't make any sense to not be on that motorcycle as much as you can. For sure, it's a it's definitely a different bike. Um, I know our bikes, our super bikes, are based on the same bike, but they have totally different feels to them and how how they ride. So. I can see that doing that too often, you can get used to one and then like a stock, like a stock bike. And then you go to the super bike and you're like, Oh my gosh, this thing is so fast and it feels so different. Like this feels foreign. And so break markers don't make sense when you add uh, a yeah. 50 horsepower. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There, there, there can be a big shocking difference between the two. Um, and that's something I kind of noticed. So I, I looked at it more of like working on me and not really focusing on how the bike's different and, and all that stuff. But that, that's kind of one reason why I think uh, a lot of us don't do it. And two, it's just, uh, yeah, it, it's hard to, not hard. I mean, you can go buy a, buy an R1 or an R6 or whatever uh, at, uh, at your local store. But for sure, they um, they definitely cost a lot of money. And when you toss them down the road, they're kind of expensive to rebuild. So um, I can see that being another reason why not everybody does it. And, um, and track days get, get expensive. It's, I mean, you know, it's an expensive sport, but um, I'm definitely glad that I had some help from Yamaha. They loaned me the uh, Yamaha R1 for the day, or, or for two days, actually. And uh, Dunlop helped me out with some, some tires, and I went out there and uh, spent too much money in gas doing last. I think I ended up doing like 400 miles in, in two days or something. So that wasn't too bad. Track miles, you know, that's, that's, that's a lot. <laughs> that is a lot of uh, track miles. So, so, yeah, sorry to uh, Yamaha for, um, you know, putting that many miles on your bike. Track miles, you know, on the rev limiter, but... Uh, <laughs> But it worked awesome, worked good, and, and it was a lot of fun. So um, I definitely want to do it again um, in, yeah, in the next coming months. The, uh, you know, I can't imagine you're the guy that struggles with it. And, again, your results wouldn't show that you struggled uh, in any significant way. But there is a lot more adjustability, particularly in the electronic suite of your new uh, Graves R1 that – I know the the 600s are coming along quickly. I work at a Yamaha dealer, so I'm seeing they are coming along with uh, similar stuff. But was it a, I mean, kind of a mind-boggling change for you, or were you did you feel that you were as prepared as anybody could be when you jumped on it? Um, I feel like I was just as prepared as I as I could have been. Um, but for sure, there there's a lot of adjustability with uh, with the systems that we have on our bikes, at least. Um, to yeah, to like an overwhelming extent. I mean, there were points in the season where we were trying to um, make the bike work in um, kind of hard to explain. So instead of changing something that had to do with um, suspension to try to get the bike to turn a little bit better or in a different way, we would start working with electronics to try to fix that. So there's just there's so many different ways you can go at a problem on a superbike that can kind of boggle your mind and you can definitely get lost pretty easy. So, but luckily I have a good team behind me and they keep me on track and and uh, and yeah, just kind of. Go from there, but it's, uh, yeah, it's not easy. There's a lot to go through. <laughs> i got to believe so. it's real easy to be on the Garrett Gerloff team. Uh, you're well-liked and well-respected in the uh, paddock as well as uh, on the pitch, as it were, on track. So uh, keep up the good work, bud. Championship standings of Super Sport. How you finished it up, first place. Nice job out of you. 
Appreciate it. Appreciate it, guys. Um, we'll have you back on here as we stumble in to uh, the new season, as it were, and uh, we'll try to catch up with you and maybe some of your teammates. Uh, really, want I do want to talk to the team uh, manager and also um, uh, your your chief wrench, if we can. Maybe you can help facilitate. I'll put in a good word for sure. All right, Garrett. Thank you so much, brother. Appreciate the time. No, I appreciate it. Thanks, guys, and uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you too. There we go. That's a good guy right there. Good luck in the upcoming season to Garrett Gerloff. Yeah. All right, this portion of our show brought to you by our friends at Combined Insurance and Agent Rodney Fleckinger for race day supplemental insurance. Call uh, our good friends at Combined Insurance. 515-408-9296 or find out more online at combinedinsurance.com. Watch out for the Jacosaurus, number 59. Hey, everybody. It's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard-packed supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions, and it's now available in a new four-stroke model for racing or recreation riding big four-stroke. Strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Do-All VRM340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT-approved. Most of the tires are available in the new slow-rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the tacky tires, the choice of Sherco off-road. Racers say when using a tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber. Hey, Moto fans, we do our best to keep you in touch with what we're doing through our website, iHeartRadio, Facebook, Twitter, and more. Well, now you can listen to Pit Pass Radio on your handheld device anytime with the all-new Pit Pass app for Android or iPhones. Go to your app store now and download the new app, Pit Pass, at no charge. Yes, we have an app for that. It's the all-new Pit Pass app. Get it today. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10, right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Passionate about riding motorcycles off-road and on? Well, visit Hickam Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa, and see the full line of 2017 Yamaha Dual Sports. From the simple-to-ride electric start TW200 to the nimble, lightweight XT250 to the racing-derived performance of the WR250R, Yamaha has your ride. Visit Hicklin Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa today. Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Hicklin Power Sports in Grimes. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Don't drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Don't wait another minute for that new dream home you've always wanted. I'm Tony Wink for Jack Daly on Construction. For 66 years, the DeLeon family has been building custom homes, existing home remodeling, and adding on for customers across central Iowa. The DeLeons will offer you one-on-one attention that the big builders simply can't. They'll walk you through the process so you'll get the home that you want. Jack works well with your plans or can show you from his library of over 1,200 house plans and make your dreams a reality. Call the DeLeons at 515-321-5225. Tell them you heard about them on Pit Pass Radio and receive 5% off the price. Jack DeLeon Construction, serving Iowa since 1946. This is Andrew Short, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. I'm dreaming. 
Nice job in the Elvis, Jack. It's one of my favorite. If it wasn't for the ad on YouTube, I'd have had it. (laughs) Stupid. Oh, Josh. Josh Strang is uh, joining us now. One of the uh, one of the Crosby kids that uh, being never talked about. He joins us now. Josh Strang, how are you? (laughs) Yeah, not too bad. How you guys? Good, man. Do you like uh, you like holiday music? Uh, not as much as my wife. <laughs> she, neither, do, neither do our ah, listeners. She likes it as well, huh? Yeah. Oh, that's no, cool. that's not too, I, can, I, I can deal with it in December. 40,000 yeah. listeners, and I'm going to bet, Jack, if we took a poll, a poll, yeah, listener poll, it would be overwhelmingly not in favor of Christmas Big. music. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, this is this is my call for the holidays. We have a commitment to iHeart. It's to, all good. To try to care. fit in with the season and not be that round peg in a square hole. It's all good. Okay. Thank Strang. You. Yeah. We can finally talk about it. Congrats oh, on, to, the, on the on the factory ride. Yeah. Yeah. Different yeah, yeah, brand. Yeah. I think uh, uh, last time you asked me about it, I, I had an idea, but I, we weren't certain. And uh, but now she's all uh, official and everything. Yeah. So with the the Babbitts, uh, honestly, I'm not. Everything's so new. None of us are sure of the wording yet, but it's Babbitt's online uh, um, when Monster Energy and Kawasaki. So uh, yep. it's exciting. It's We're exciting big fans of Babbitt's, by the way. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. We've, we've, got a, we've got a van that work out perfectly for you sitting in my driveway. If you're mm-hmm. Yeah, you can drop, send it down there on the back of a truck. I'll drive it around for years, <laughs> yeah. years actually. It's Hook got all the, all the right uh, logos and everything on it. Um, yeah. So you're, uh, the, the KX450 is new this year. It's 2019. It's going to be really new to you. Um, it's uh, the first factory Kawasaki effort in GNCC for a long time. Tell us how the program came together, if you would, please, and then talk about that new bike and how it's going to yeah, work well, off-road. Well, uh, so I think the, first, the last time Kawasaki was in, um, in the GNCC or in off-road was uh, well, GNTC, I think it was like, oh, eight, maybe was there last year. So, um, yeah, it's been a long time. Uh, and then there were rumors. I heard some rumors uh, maybe last year sometime um, that Kawasaki was coming back, but I never heard, I'd never talked to anyone or anything. You hear rumors and stuff all the time. And then uh, you find, I finally saw the new release of the bike earlier in the year. And then, then there was more talks about uh, uh, the team coming back. And finally I got in touch with... Uh, Danny Bartz and and uh, things just started rolling from there. So um, it's it's exciting for me because uh, I I mean it's exciting for me just because everyone that I've talked to at Kawasaki and um, that's associated with the team is excited to excited to have me on on board, which is which is really a, one of the reasons why why I switched over. So I mean there was there was excitement. Are there any restrictions, Josh, as far as what you can or can't do outside the season? Uh, as far as what? As far as riding or racing in a particular. Um, no, I don't. I, no, I think I could do most most whatever I wanted. Obviously, um, I'm sure there'd be some things that they wouldn't wouldn't like. I'm not real sure. I haven't. Honestly, I don't have much time to do much else besides full gas and GC. So, um, I mean, that's all I'll be doing. I think. I'm, Honestly, I'm not real sure. So your your GNCC does it's not that far away. Surprisingly, it seems like we're in the dead of winter, especially where we live. But um, it starts before Daytona now, so uh, it's it's coming up pretty quickly. Are, have you guys? 
How much time have you had on the motorcycle? Have you been testing? Have you uh, got everything retrofitted to, you know, big tank and all that stuff ready to go and and uh, got a good good base to go racing with? Uh, we have a good base to go racing with, but honestly, I'm on I'm still on the stock bike, so uh, I've got a set of handlebars that um, that I'm comfortable with, and we've sprung the stock suspension to my weight, and that's and we've got a pipe on it. So that's it, and that's I'm honestly I'm really surprised at how good the bike is, and I'm really happy um, and impressed with how good it is. I'm, I mean, I'm not just blowing smoke <laughs> because I mean it's I rode Kawasaki for years back in Australia and then uh since being over here in the US I haven't had much to do with them and I rode the Kawasaki um I was buying them in 2013 and and they were good then but this bike uh compared to them is just completely different and I um yeah I'm re- I'm really impressed with the bike just it just stock stock trim I mean we don't have big tanks we don't have um being a new team uh everything I think is going to come together Barely last minute, I know um, Freddie, Joey, and Danny are trying to get everything sorted out. Um, it's just taken a little while, but um, at the moment, I think I have about ten hours on my practice bike, so it's not. I don't have a whole lot of time, um, and yeah, like you said, I think there's only eight weeks until the first full gas. Yeah, and then uh, I think another two weeks after that is the first GNCC. Oh, so the full gas starts before GNCC, even? Yeah, yeah, full gas is like. Uh, February ninth, I think. Oh wow! Uh, so it's a, it's all it's starting real. Early. But you don't need a big uh, tank for that. Yeah. No, you don't. But you still need seat time, and yep. you need to have, have like seat time is the main thing. I mean, um, and so yeah, it's, it's going to come around a lot quicker than I expect. So uh, I'm excited though. The, like I said, the bike is really good. Uh, already, I'm I'm pretty comfortable riding it. So uh, I think once we get some suspension tests in and uh, and just some more time on it. I think we'll be in good shape. So speaking of suspension, you said that it uh, you have sprung for your weight stock valving on the bike. Yeah, yeah, stock valving and just sprung for my weight. So I'm I'm like 195. So I'm not sure how many spring weights spring rates they went up, but I think it was uh, maybe a couple on the front, one on the rear or something. Um, honestly, I didn't I didn't really ask. I just because uh, well, I mean, just in the past, I never got to ride a stock bike. Mm-hmm. So that was one thing I wanted to do here with the Kawasaki. I believe that the manufacturers sell a bike to the public being like pretty damn good. So why shouldn't uh, the pro guys start on a completely stock bike and build the bike around them um, from stock, which uh, that's what I believe. That's so how I believe you'll get the best bike. When you start adjusting valving, um, what do you do for – GNCC versus full gas is it a, is it the same setup and you just learn to ride them both or or, or you know what I mean ride it on, on yeah. both scenarios or uh, I would I think the that that's the easiest way because that way if you race on Sunday and wanted to ride on Tuesday on the practice bike you wouldn't have to go changing changing out suspension and all that stuff so um, that'll be the that'll be the goal for me is to get a setting that works for mainly for GNCC because the sprint enduros the tracks are smoother so. Um, Normally, you can make the bike work sure. a little easier than that at a GNCC. So, uh, the priority will be to get it working good for GNCC, and then, uh, and then just work uh, work for the sprint speed and then the full gas. So, you're riding the bike on on uh, pump gas, just through a couple set of springs in a pipe, set of handlebars, and that's it. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pro circuit pipe. So that's cool. Uh, I I talked to Mitch Payton a couple of times, and he's a, he's a scary man sometimes. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. <right? laughs> so uh, to be to be able to work with him, he, I mean, he's a legend in the sport. Uh, to get on to have him be on board with the team, it's it's pretty cool. So he'll be doing obviously exhaust, and then uh, they'll be building suspension as well. So um, yeah, so pretty much. They're going to be doing suspension once we eventually change it. And then, uh, yeah, right now I'm on, I started on 87 pump gas and now I moved to 93 and so like that a little, little better. And, uh, <laughs> other than that, man, it's bone stock. So, Can you get uh, ethanol out there? Cause that's really good for your engine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I do. That's what I'm on. I'm on just regular pump gas. <laughs> into 10%. And, uh, they do have, cause we're near that Lake Norman. They have that, uh, ethanol three, three stuff, but I don't. I don't run that. It's too hard to too too many fuel and fire between to find it. So I just need pump gas wherever I can <laughs> it's, get it. Uh, it's also really hard on the engine. <laughs> so, uh, so we're talking with Josh Strang and, and uh, congrats on your your Babbitt's Monster Energy Kawasaki team. When, and you're you're a factory Kawasaki guy now. Um, you have a a teammate. I understand. Yeah, I will have a teammate. Have uh, they announced uh, that yet? No, not yet. So, okay. Uh, um. Yeah, I mean, it'll. I think it'll be. In, I'm sure it'll be announced sometime soon. Uh, I'm not not 100 percent sure to be honest with you. So, uh, uh, but yeah, it'll be good. Like uh, Freddie Andrews and Joey Mal will be my mechanic, and Freddie will be. Uh, Freddie and Denny will be. Run, I'm honestly, I'm not sure on how it's all working, but uh, I think that Denny being new to the the GNCC stuff, I think he needed um, some guidance and stuff to to get it set up in the right direction i think freddie was the i mean fred's been around for ages doing that stuff and and from what i see um he does a really good job so uh, i'm happy those boys freddie and joey are on the team um to help get it started and and uh get it all in the right direction to be good the thing with fred andrews is you know he may not work on the bike he may not i don't know you know he but he's just he's just a, a wealth of knowledge he's been there done that been there a long time been in you know like you you're a veteran of the sport but uh you know you're focused on you he's going to be focused on you too and your bike yeah. and your program and everything it's a big deal i think and i think it's smart for babbitts to uh to for denny and, and eddie to to uh spend the money on on having fred andrews there to, to help give you the best scenario you can to to go out there and and hopefully be battling for wins or, or get wins um, this season. So, how many years have you been doing GNCC, Josh? Uh, I've been doing it since 2007. So, I had one year off in 2012. Um, so, I think this is my 12th season coming up. Mm-hmm. So, Man. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm getting up. I'm, I'll be 31 in 31 next year. So, I'll be the oldest guy on the pro row unless someone else comes along. <laughs> well, you, but, uh, yeah. you do for the check. Unless Fred. <laughs> decides to race you'll be the oldest guy right, right. yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but. so you've got you've got a, a plenty of experience um i was looking at the schedule the other day and i got excited because i saw loretta lens on there and then i realized it was a mountain bike race that they're doing yeah. <laughs> um i just really like going to loretta's um mostly nashville and memphis that i hit on on the way in and on the way out but <laughs> <laughs> but um are you pleased with the schedule after looking at it? And you know, do, is there rounds that you wish we were going to hit that you're that you're not, and maybe some rounds that you could maybe do without? 
Like maybe some of the swamps uh, that you're going to race in? I don't mind. Honestly, I'd rather ride a swamp than ride up Snowshoe Mountain. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, that's really the one the one track that I really, I'm really not a fan of. And I think 10 years ago when we started riding there, we were, uh, it was more single track stuff. Uh, and now they've kind of ridden the same trail over and over so that the speeds have got higher, but the track's still like super sketchy. Um, so I'm, that's one place I really don't look forward to going to. And it's unfortunate because it, it is a fun, like it is a cool atmosphere. And it's a cool race to win, uh, race to win. So, um, other than that, I mean, that, the schedule is fairly uh, similar to this year, just gone. Uh, I think it'd be good. I, I mean, the weather this year is fairly good as well, so I can only hope for another year like this year, and just just with some better results, I reckon. Hmm. What do you think of uh, Ryan Sipes getting the AMA Athlete of the Year award? Yeah, that's that's cool. That's good for him. He uh, he'd done a lot, lot of lot of one-off stuff this year, a couple of GCs and some full gas, and then uh, the flat track. Ah, uh, the six day. I mean, he uh, and some motocross nationals and Des Nations. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Des Nations was for Puerto Rico, so I'm not. I mean, that's still. I'm You're not going to give Nations him too much pretty, credit for that, are you? <laughs> I mean, Des Nations, regardless of what country you ride for, is pretty pretty sweet. So, uh, um, I mean, that was pretty sweet that he did win that. It's uh, good for him, that's for sure. Yeah. Well. Um, I guess when we have uh, when when your teammates announce, we'll have him have him on, and uh, if he's want if he wants to, and and interview him, and and as the season approaches, um, I, I didn't realize that the full gas enduro starts so soon. So maybe we'll have you on here in the next month or so, or two months, and give us an idea yeah. what's up. Yeah, what's it yeah, like yeah. in Inverell, uh, Australia, at this time of year? Is there snow there? When 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 no, does no no it's summertime? It's summertime, so it's like yeah, the complete uh, opposite of what we are. Yeah, yeah, that's like we got. Well, we're not as cold as up where you guys are. We got, I think we got like three or four inches of snow over the weekend. So I'm, I'm not, not real happy at the moment. <laughs> I've been in the house, been in the house for a couple of days. But no, back home where I grew up, uh, summertime this time of year. So I was hoping to get home for Christmas and see the family, but not this year. So uh, uh, yeah, they'll be drinking beers and and sitting outside. Uh, I don't know what, just Christmas stuff. Christmas in Australia is summertime, so we'll flip flops and shorts and t-shirt, and that's about it. Well, we'll be thinking about you when it's uh, yeah, summertime yeah, be, here and winter I'll be over thinking there. About it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Josh, always good to talk to you. Hey, fans, you can follow him online. Look for him on Twitter. It's at Josh Strang, S T R A N G, Josh Strang, and uh, become one of the followers. He's got about sixty-two hundred of them or so, and uh, he might even treat you to a follow right back. So look for him on Twitter, also on Facebook. But uh, the news is out, and of course, that's Josh Strang. Uh, uh, it's going to be racing the GNCC championship uh, for um, uh, just a, a, a small company, a small team. And I want to just give them a little bit of credit. I'm talking about Babbitt's. Uh, they, they, everything they touch seems to turn to, uh, I don't want to say gold always, but dang close to it, man. They just get behind their riders and give them all sorts of tools and whatnot that they can use to win those championships. And Strang, I think uh, you're that guy. Yeah, I'd love, I mean, I'd be happy with that. So, uh, definitely happy they they've uh, wanted me, uh, got me on board, and I'm excited to go race. And uh, the new Kawasaki is, I think, it's definitely a bike that can do it. 
Oh, I think so, especially with you piloting it. All right, we'll take quick time out. Josh, we'll head to the uh, pits. Appreciate it, Josh. Merry Christmas to you and your family, okay? There we go. All right, uh, Jack DeLeon producing the program. Leanne DeLeon there in the studio. P.J. Durant, Tony Wink, Scott Casper with you throughout the next hour and a half or so. I do uh, want you to stick around. We've got more great guests coming up and around the corner. Andy Debrino. Hour number two, Colin Edwards uh, and Kyle Wyman are scheduled there. So uh, we're looking forward to having an open segment. And what's our topic on the open segment again, uh, PJ? You, you kind of made mention. World Superbike has released their official uh, outline of how their three race weekends will go. So we'll, we'll talk, talk about a little that. bit about yeah. it. Hour number two, stick around. This is Pit Pass. This is number 40, Jason DeSalvo. And you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. With no speed limits, no tickets, and no left-turning minivans, Track Addicts Track Days allows you to experience the performance of your sport bike in a safe and fun environment. Track Addicts Track Days offers a variety of programs, ranging from their new rider school to their advanced group sessions for experienced track riders. Get all the details at trackaddicts.com. That's trackaddix.com. Or call Ducati Omaha at 402-408-4400. Learn to ride your sport bike the way it was meant to be ridden with Track Addicts Track Days. With the tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by modern dirt bikes, today's racewear must withstand tremendous forces. It must breathe well, be lightweight and protective, yet still durable. Fly Racing created its Evolution 2.0 racewear to fulfill these requirements. Evolution 2.0 features the industry's first BOA closure system race pant designed to provide custom comfort, smooth, even closure, no pressure points, and simple one-handed adjustment. Add to that the Evolution 2.0 ProFit Advanced Ventilation Jersey and Premium Race Glove, and you have Generation Next racewear, built to withstand the extreme conditions created by the modern dirt bike. For more information, visit flyracing.com. It's much more than a piston company. Wiseco now offers a full line of quality performance products, including forged pistons, precision forged clutch baskets and hubs, crankshafts, camshafts, forged connecting rods and valves. At Wiseco, we offer accessories for just about any motorcycle, ATV, snowmobile, personal watercraft, outboard marine engine, or automobile on the market today. After 70 years in the business, Wiseco has established a great reputation as a brand that can be trusted to deliver high high-quality performance products for power sports enthusiasts and professionals. Wiseco. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10 right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. 1460 KXNO. The Yamaha YZF R3 Sport Bike at Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes is the most exciting and affordable way ever to join the exclusive world of Yamaha R-Series Superbike Performance. It features a potent fuel-injected 321cc liquid-cooled parallel twin-engine for great acceleration, a slim, lightweight chassis for sporty, agile handling, a low seat height to get both your feet firmly on the ground for added confidence, plus legendary Yamaha Superbike styling guaranteed to turn heads, all at a super value. No wonder Cycle World calls it a bargain, and Revzilla hails it the new king of the hill when it comes to entry-level lightweight sport bikes. Visit Hicklin Power Sports in Grimes today to see the incredible Yamaha R3. And for more information, visit YamahaMotorsports.com. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long-sleeve shirt, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. The point is good. 
Drink Swell Vodka, proudly and carefully distilled and filtered in Iowa. Like Swell Vodka on Facebook. Find Swell at fine stores that sell spirits. Hey, this is Fat Bonnie, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, running down Santa Claus Lane. Licks and blitz and all the ears are reindeer, pulling on the rain. Bells are ringing, children sing it all as merry and bright. Hang your stockings and say your prayers, cause Santa Claus comes tonight. All right, welcome back to the uh, program. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Just a... We're, we're a sports station. Okay, how many years did Bobby Knight reign supreme as the head coach of uh, Indiana during his heyday? How many, any guess on how many years? I would say every bit of 20 years. Seems uh, like all of my Too low, too low. Too, I would have guessed uh, bare minimum 20. 29. Yeah. 29, wow. 29 years before he was unceremoniously fired. And uh, that uh, 30 for 30 on ESPN playing tonight to, uh, I guess it was one of the more highly requested ones. So I think that's rather interesting. I didn't realize it was 29 years before the infamous chair-throwing contest. I'm a little younger than you, not much. And I. it seems like he was their coach and making uh, – he was all over the news as a kid. I remember seeing him all yeah. over the for, – for the great success that the uh, Hoosiers had. Yeah, Hoosier, Hoosier basketball, definitely there to stay. Andy Debrino, uh, originally uh, scheduled for this particular portion of the program. By the way, this is a front – porch media property it's pit pass moderation weekly coast to coast border to border and all those ships at sea you can listen on the iheart app or you can find us uh, the pit pass app and where you get your apps whether it's itunes or of course uh, uh, android so we appreciate you finding us and following us throughout the week let us hear from you on facebook as well we'd like to uh, hear from you who you would like to hear on the program it's easy enough to do just say hey guys we'd love to hear from andy debrino for example and then we'll get him right on maybe not tonight but maybe on a different show <laughs> maybe never yeah. it's twice we've we've not missed we've uh, not connected with andy but what an interesting guy he's he's raced this year he raced washugal um in the in the all-star race he did um, AFT, obviously, where he he uh, was the Super Hooligan National Champion. As well as he raced in the AFT singles class at Sturgis, Let's, taking yep, a yep. 12th. Let's back that up. Uh, there are some people that may not be familiar with the Super Hooligan class or classless, if you will. Uh, Tony, could you c- kind of fill everybody in on what makes it a super hooligan class? And who, who actually came up for, with the term? Do you know? Um, I don't know. I'm not going to give Roland Sands credit. He didn't know invent the name, but certainly made it a racing series. It and was, his name is all over the current racing series. Yeah, it was basically supposed to be you know, street legal motorcycles that are going around the pro flat tracks circuit before and, that and it going a little further back it was really a sideshow at bike shows yeah. they were letting guys at be it chopper shows or just custom bike shows they were saying hey we're here at a flat track anyway or there's one nearby bring out your street legal bike and let's let it roll see what happens we did it at my track track and winter set and it, it did lead to uh some well, injuries boomers uh knee <laughs> yeah. reconstruction yeah. uh who else <laughs> We there, raced, some, there were some pretty ugly racing machines. I personally rode one there, and it was the, the farthest thing what, from what I would call a race machine. I rode a V-Star 650. 
It plowed the straightaways like a single row planner. It was pretty awesome. So what I did was I wasn't sure that people would show up and I was advertising a hooligan class. So I went out and bought a bunch of Craigslist bikes. I have a KZ650 that rocks. I have a, I put Colin Hickman on that. I've got a, a Seika 650 as I, I recall. I bought the Seika 650. I didn't actually buy that for the hooligan. I was just at Hicklin Power Sports one day. And, and it was there. And they were like most of the junk. They go, will you take this home? Please. Please. And Pennies I, on the dollar. Yep, Get it out of here. Yep. Yep. And that's what I did. I bought it cheap. So I took that home. And I've got some other bikes too. And uh, it, it was, most of them are, are in a heap in my shop somewhere in the corner wishing, you know, they just need a little TLC and they'd be rideable. Yep. It's, those are the bikes you give to somebody who needs a ride. Those are the ones. I've been trying. These are in it. I've been Take trying, away PJ. With nobody's no <laughs> nobody's takers biting. so far. Yeah, but uh, anyway, so that's 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 what the hooligan is, Scott. It's basically, but then they've taken it to another level. Right. The super it's hooligan become, race. It's become a, I mean, arguably a semi-professional series, if not full-on professional series. Well, you see, Roland Sands is racing. There's, there's, I wouldn't say Joe cops out there. Yes. You've got some real serious talent. Yeah. Uh, the Andy Debrino, who we're supposed to be talking to. He's a legit all-around motorcycle racer, flat track, uh, um, flat track road, road racer. He yeah. he's a pretty serious road racer up in Oregon where he lives. They have their own uh, they have their own racing series in Oregon. He holds uh, the title there as well as I think a track record. And our local Jordan Baber finished second in the 2018 championship uh, to Andy Debrino and bested him at a number of rounds. Uh, the coolest thing about this series is guys are actually making decent money, enough that a guy is willing to travel from uh, a la Jordan Baber, our local. He goes to all these races. He's in California. He's uh, out on the East Coast. I think S and S built that bike, or somebody. Or they, I think, had some hands in it. Yes, uh, I won't uh, throw anybody under the bus. But in talking to him, I don't know how much uh, how much support any of these racers are getting. But the payouts are enough to make them want to get there. That's for sure. Hmm. And it's, I think, it's awesome. Uh, Roland's a cool guy, and he's definitely put some muscle behind this so that, series. So that's that, that's an interesting question, PJ. You you uh, you obviously are a fan of the hooligan glass. I am. I'm a fan of all racing. We know this. That's why I'm sitting here talking to you Amen. guys. Amen. There's just a lot of guys that are hard, diehard flat track fans that that just don't think that they think it is a sideshow, like you put it, and they don't believe that it belongs in the uh at a pro ama pro excuse me not ama pro an aft uh american flat track professional event and i i think that's a good question to uh well maybe ask our listeners if they are definitely currently in separate venues and i mean if but they rider if rider attendance is any gauge if payouts are any gauge and if fan support is any gauge it's doing fine on its own. It sure looks like. I mean, it's getting attention in the media, in the motorcycles, uh, sports media. Let me let me read a, a sentence, if I can, from the Cycle News' recent article about Andy Brino. Okay, motorcycle racing is an extremely specialized sport. We are giving you that. Okay, it takes fine-tuned levels of skill and bravado to completely uh, compete successfully in almost any discipline but what if just one aspect aspect of the sport isn't enough that's where the question i mean to to 
to show versatility and then to show it in a competitive fashion, um, that's what really trips my trigger because there are some guys that may be done, you know, racing flat track and they're not done racing. Okay, they still got a little bit of the thrill left in them and they want to get all of it out there before they hang up the boots, as it were. So 24-year-old Andy Debrino is a perfect example of what versatility can do. And I think it makes him stronger in a lot of different areas. Agree or disagree, PJ? I would totally agree. Um, it's, you know, that is what makes and what has always made the best motorcycle racers. We were just talking about another one, Mr. Sipes. Uh, right. You know, they're... The motorcycle world is full of guys who do everything, and the guys who do all of them well are truly special human beings. Think Hayden's. We know the entire family. Those are guys who weren't capable, were not capable on only one form of racing. They could do any kind of racing, and we know other guys. Uh, Jake Gagne. There's a, the motorcycle sport is filled with guys who can do more than one type of riding really well. Um, yes. Uh, to, to but you don't see uh, guys that, that very often you don't see a guy like somebody that could race at that level, whether it be let's say road racing, and then go out and qualify for an outdoor national. That happens. That's a rare. It happens, but it's rare. Very very rare. Almost unheard of. And 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 I can't believe we don't make a bigger deal out of it when it does happen, because it's it just it, it, I I and I still kind of struggle with the crossover from flat track to road racing i understand that the, the bike's moving around on you and that kind of thing but it is definitely two different styles of racing oh without doubt i think uh what we see and what we've always seen in road racing with the guys who came from flat track it was just the it was the stepping stone it really taught them the throttle control uh the ability to slide the rear and motocrossers have that in spades too we know that um some. some of them do some of them struggle with it and again <laughs> it makes a difference the guys who can really control throttle uh control the throttle and wheel spin and it it plays into everything you have to do on a motorcycle and i think that's why flat trackers ease more easily transition to road racing is it's the art of sliding okay and throttle control for sure absolutely yeah well i uh i i the uh, this Andy Debrino cat sure seems like he'd be a lot of fun to talk to because yeah. he's got a lot of cool stuff. Oh, I'd done. love to see his. I'd love to talk to him about his farm, Tony. Did you see the pictures in that Cycle News of his of his racetrack at his house? Yeah. So Cycle News has the the uh, the the article on him, and it's it's called Mister Versatility, and um, the picture of his farm. He's got jumps over the fence. Like you would build in yeah, a, in a like cr- on purpose, <laughs> like you'd build in, in, a, in a video game. It's like uh, you got to clear the fence. It's ramped over on one end. It's like Evil Knievel jumps too. It's like totally ramped out, and you just you got to hit the thing pinned. It's pretty funny. Yeah, it, uh, it looks awesome. I wish that was my backyard. Uh, and he he has an interesting history. Uh, he he started out being discovered certainly, and he was selected for the U.S. Red Bull Rookie Cup tryouts. That's pretty awesome. Not and some of the guys that were in that very class and category when it started, they're some of the best names out there on our road racing series right now. I mean, there are guys that trace their lineage to that Red Bull Rookies Cup. You know, in that article I was mentioning on Cycle News, it said, "Isn't it ironic that the Super Hooligan Series has become the main source of income for racing?" I think it is. Don't you? It is slightly. I mean, again, I'm going to 
tip my hat to one Roland Sands. I mean, he is going all P.T. Barnum on this. He has made a show of the the racing, and he is selling the racing. He's doing exactly what race promoters do, good ones. That is build up the hype, get guys to show up, and make a show of it. The fact that they're racing what weren't originally supposed to be true race bikes, they're overweight. Arguably, they're substantially heavier than anybody else who's going out flat tracking. Harley-Davidson Sportsters are not light. Uh, The XG750, that's not a light motorcycle. Any of the bikes that are out there, they weren't designed originally to be race bikes. These guys are making them race bikes, and they're still heavy, arguably ill-fitting flat track. You know, my answer to that is when we started competitive racing, I remember guys taking perfectly good tires and running screws from the inside to the outside you know we kind of invented various types of racing and that's why i kind of like this super hooligan class is because we're kind of doing the same thing we did back in 1962 without doubt it's uh it's guys you want to go all you got to do is uh get more than one guy on a starting line and you've got a race we know this it's all you need how about this boys ebr back in production EBR Motorsucks will renew production of the EBR 1190RX. Yes, with uh, Bill Melvin's the new owner of, or the the company owner, and he's moving it to Grand Rapids. Um, <laughs> it's it's not surprising when when they went away the last time. I think we talked about it on the air here. Never write off Eric Buell. The guy is amazing. Or he's an amazing engineer, and he's been dealt some raw deals more than once in his... What's uh, his involvement with this? I, that is unclear to me in, in what I've read thus far. Um, it's still got his name, EBR, on it. They're still making, uh, from my understanding, essentially the last model that was badged as an EBR. It's the same bike continuing uh, continuation of that same bike. Hmm. Wonder what difference we could expect to see in a new EBR. Perhaps we can get um, some of the principals on in the future to talk a little bit about the reemergence of EBR, the Eric Buell Racing Bike. Tell you what, we've got our hour number two coming up. We've got uh, open segment. We talked about that. Kyle Wyman is going to be joining us as is Colin Edwards. Won't you stick around? For PJ Duran, Tony Wake, Eddie Kulakamp, Roman Davila, I'm Scott Casper speaking. I want to thank Jack and Leanne DeLeon for producing our program and Chris Bishop and Tommy Boy Halverson for their contributions each and every week. From the Pit Pass Studios, you're listening to Front Porch Media's Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Stay tuned. Hey everybody, it's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard-packed supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions, and it's now available in a new force 
four-stroke model for racing or recreation riding big four-strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Do-All VRM340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT-approved. Most of the tires are available in the new slow-rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the tacky tires, the choice of Sherco off-road. Racers say when using a tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber. Radio, America's weekly motorcycle talk show. I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. It's Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latron. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. Hello again, everybody. It is Pit Pass Moto Racing Weekly. And I tell you what, one of the best things about doing a live show is you rely on your guests. And we apologize. We did have Andy Debrino scheduled for our third interview of our number one. We will attempt to rebook him. Or if he calls back in uh, in the next uh, 45 minutes or so, we could possibly get him on. We'll see. Uh, but we did have Garrett Gerloff on, Josh Strang. Uh, had an interesting conversation about what the hooligan uh, series the super hooligan hooligan series and uh is what it is and why has it become so gosh darn popular okay so i think there's um probably a lot of different ways that we could take that interview and that topic and perhaps we'll re-delve into it in the open segment doing this uh, segment kyle wyman will be joining us as will colin edwards and we're looking forward to those two guys but also we have an open segment and our topic du jour pj open segment was going to talk about world superbike and what they are going to be doing this season they have changed their format um quite publicly they are adding a third race to their what used to be a two race weekend in the world superbike class the big boys they have now made it a three race weekend and uh i was going to lay out all of that when we get to that we'll open segment. Okay. Uh, this portion of our show brought to you by Wiseco for performance products carrying a full line of forge pistons, uh, precision forge clutch baskets, clutch hubs, crankshaft, forge connecting rods, valves, and a lot more. Anything for ATV, snowmobile, motorcycle, PWC, outboard marine, and automobiles on this planet. Well, one name, one solution. They got it, and they make a lot of it. And it's Wiseco. Look for them at a dealer or look for them online, Wiseco.com. Tony? Our old buddy, road racer, Kyle Wyman, joins us now. Kyle, man, where have you been? It's been too long since we've had you on the program. Yeah, it has. Uh, man, it's uh, definitely been a while. I feel like maybe it's twice a year, but I feel like it's been a year. What have you done lately, though? I mean, really? 
<laughs> it's off season. I mean, you know, it's whatever. You you would think not much, but uh, yeah, I've been pretty busy. Been traveling around the world and uh, doing yes, all sorts you have. of stuff. Tell us about it. Oh well, I uh, got married this year. Congrats! Congrats. That's a big yeah. deal. Me too. Knocked that out during the season, but there's no time for a honeymoon during the season. So we did that at the end of the year, and man. We don't even have enough time for that story, but... Uh, <laughs> Where'd you go for your honeymoon? Well, we got an hour. We, yeah, right. We uh, we went to Malaysia for the MotoGP at Sepang. Cool. Oh, and wow. And that was really cool. So I uh, saw my buddy, Hafiz Steyer, and his eyes were to the Yamaha team, who uh, he, he raced uh, XR1200 for me back in 2013. Now oh, he's cool. in the MotoGP Premier, car, Premier Class. So, wow. That yeah, is a cool. bit of a move. Yeah, yeah. So apparently you can go from KWR XRs to uh, MotoGP. <laughs> but uh, I personally haven't found a way to do it. So, Did you ever, what are you doing with all those XRs, man? You were you were renting them at the time back in the day, right? As essentially a ready-to-race package? Yeah, I uh, still got four of them, actually. Uh, one of them is... Uh, just a display bike. It's, it's my bike from the last race they ever had, at that, and I won it at New Jersey. So we put it, put it right away the way it came off the track. So that'll be pretty cool as time goes on. We talked about this years ago, and uh, I think I even talked to you like after I got home or something. I was I was considering buying one off of you. Um, I can't remember though. Can we plate those? Yeah, that's the first question i always get asked but uh it's kind of tricky i mean if you want them to look like a race bike and and plate them you got to do some makeshift stuff with the lights and everything because there's nowhere to mount anything anymore so you're kind of put them back stock or you make them a track bike and we haven't really had too many people actually successfully take one and put it on the road they had the intention and didn't or whatever but can be done it can be done as long as there's uh a title in there there's the lighting solutions are out there anymore. they are they are titled though yeah uh two of them i think two others are actually you know like pre-production from a harley because vanson hines was getting a ton of bikes kind of out the back door and i bought a lot of the bikes i bought i bought straight from vanson hines and they were just uh no vin Type of type of deal. You're not getting to the street with one of those without a whole bunch of paperwork. But again, that's not really their purpose. Uh, and that was so cool that you did that, Kyle. I mean, did it? Did it? I'm curious. Did that actually work out for you? Clearly, you still have a race team, so it didn't sink the Kyle Wyman racing machine that is you. Uh, did it? I mean, did it make sense looking back on it to do that as a business? Oh yeah, I mean. For me, looking back on that, I wouldn't be here without that. That got you. That got you up and running as a as a team 100%. man. Hundred percent. I mean, at the time, I couldn't afford to ride a six hundred, so I raced a Harley, and then I these business opportunities all came, and I was able to build a reputation and build a brand and build a business. And uh, I'm largely here still because of that. You know, it's it's hard to see. Um, you know, now there's Junior Cup and you know, stock thousand and entry level classes that kind of get you up into the higher classes. Before the XRs, there wasn't a whole lot, you know. So um, that was my way of going out and being on 
same equipment as a lot of the guys and big names would enter that series. And if I beat them, it elevated my level, you know, my perception of my level. So it really helped me get sponsors and, and get to where I'm racing full time in Superbike now. So, and, and you are, I mean, uh, in case anybody checked out way back in the, you know, early, what, what year was that? 2012, 13. That's been a while. Yeah, twelve was the the big year for me. Yeah, kind of the breakout year. Fourteen was the last year of the XR. So now you you have put in some really good rides in the R one, and I, I think that's worth mentioning. And and I'm just curious if you think that there's that you can get more out of that platform with the Yamaha, or uh, have you considered maybe switching brands for for variety's sake to see if another manufacturer might be interested in, in testing the Moto America waters. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at a few different ones right now. Um, you know, I think that no, we haven't plateaued or or completely tapped the potential of the R1 because we're getting beat by other R1s. You know, but I think um, you know sometimes you get really close to something, you get a lot, you know really focused on a certain problems and lose lose sense of the big picture. And I think we kind of plateaued this past year, and I want to keep moving forward. And I think that making a brand switch is going to help us do that. You know, there's obviously the R1 is capable. It's the current reigning champion from this year. But I think there's other brands that have a higher ceiling, higher potential of performance in the right hands. Right. And I've been exploring that a little bit lately, riding a bunch of different stuff. Take us through um, the preparation uh, for the the season finale at Barber, what was going through the uh, your paddock, as it were? What was going through your mind in preparation for that final weekend? In relation to other rounds, yeah, I mean, I mean, there, it's kind of you know, it's the kiss of the season. It's the final or the finale, as it were. Uh, but uh, doing so at Barber, I think, has got to be pretty special, anyway. But what was going through your head at that point, Kyle? I mean, for me, it's uh, it's another race weekend. You establish a really specific routine and how you prepare and go into stuff. Um, things that were different for me for Barber this year was I didn't actually race Barber last year because uh, I crashed Saturday morning when I had that brake failure and cracked a vertebrae in my back. I didn't actually line up for either of the races, so I didn't have any data from the previous year, so that was a little bit different. Mm. You know, typically we'd prepare off of that, but you know, typical weekend for us. Um, I guess the only thing, especially from a private privateer standpoint, is um, you know, if you got spares on the truck, you can use them all because uh, you don't have to figure out how to get to the next round. <laughs> <laughs> it's less stuff to carry home. Yeah, right. So uh, you know, you can fill the dumpsters or you can fill your trailer. Well, you know, the, 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 a lot of folks, uh, you know, were hoping that everything would turn out okay for you. And it was a practice round, wasn't it, where you got injured? Yeah, end of 2017. Right. Okay. Let's go back to PJ. PJ? Well, Kyle, you had, you had a pretty doggone good season. Um, how late, you know, I, I'm interested, you're talking about potential brand swap. Uh, I'm sure as the team owner, team principal, some of that decision comes down to who's going to give you the best deal, uh, most favorable uh, package to really move you forward. I mean, how late can you push that decision with the season starting when it does? Not much later. 
honestly, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm definitely stressing over a little bit, but you know, we're, we're putting a hard deadline on, on the first of the year. Um, my crew chief, right hand man, Gary Dean, mm-hmm. he's going on vacation, uh, next week for, for a little bit until the first. So he told me to just chill out and, you know, let things happen. Cause if I get him a bike next week, he can't touch it anyway. So, you know, he says, all right, just, you know, we'll come back and we'll hammer it out, you know, start at 19 and, you know, we still got some time. So, um, we've got, we've got a plan. We, we kind of know a few of the directions that are going to be the most likely choices. So, you know, once we kind of get the word, we're going to be, we're going to be hitting the ground running. Kyle, your team, um, I mean, you really, to, to give credit to you, you've, you've, carved out a niche in the Moto America paddock. You are a legit race team. You have uh, off and on, right, run uh, guys through the, the super sport class. Does I mean, do you see your team growing or do you see uh, narrowing the focus to, you know, potentially allow yourself maybe uh, more time to focus on your own racing? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's I've kind of done a variety of different things throughout the years and this past year, we had Bryce Prince in the Super Sport class, and he did a tremendous job, especially towards the end of the year. Um, but actually, 2017 was the um, first, first time ever I was the only guy under my own tent. And I would say that was, uh, that was a breakout year for me in Superbike, for sure. So there's a, uh, there's a pretty direct relationship to success, you know, with, with just kind of being able to focus on yourself without too many distractions and that's the ultimate goal you know as long as um all the numbers make sense because if you're not there you can't be successful anyway so it just kind of depends it's all case by case got to stay focused that's basically it right stay focused and try not let the uh you know let let that last weekend jitters uh climb into your head that's well and you know running a team is we've talked to number we've interviewed numbers of uh racers slash team owners be it uh aussie dave um chris ulrich this we've seen this before and uh, yeah team team owners who race you know, it's a tough balance. I have to imagine, Kyle. I mean, the business is the business, but uh, the business is going out and winning a race on the weekend, and and one doesn't always help out the other. It's for sure. I mean, uh, you know, it's it's a task. It's a lot of work. It's compartmentalization, you know, on my part to be able to put that aside and go do this. You know, but um, fortunately. You know, I've had some really good results in this class that, uh, you know, maybe a couple of years ago I would think were not possible as a team owner slash rider, you know, but to uh, to do it once, get on a podium, to have, you know, to lead practices and qualifying rounds and qualifying the front row and stuff like that, you know, it's it's just feelings that you want to get back as soon as humanly possible. And, um those days when everything goes right is what, what I'm working toward every time I, every time I sit down to write emails or, you know, build sponsor packets or create, uh, you know, mock-ups for how my pit area is going to look on the computer and stuff. I mean, it's just to get me in a position where my head can be as clear as possible when I'm on the bike. Cause right. when I'm, when I'm at my best, I'm, I'm right there. 
you know, where do having all those pieces? What type What type of conditions do you feel uh, give you uh, the best opportunity? opportunity on any given race course and i'm talking about whether it's hot and uh, say humid right or whether it's just dry and it's hot or is it cool and perhaps you got to deal with some uh, you know lingering moisture on the track or what have you what what type of conditions do you find yourself doing well in oh i i don't think there's any particular you know stand out i mean i try to be as well-rounded as possible be good in the rain good in the hot good in the you know cold greasy you know damp slash dry you know drying conditions like pittsburgh this year we had it dump rain on half the track and right. completely dry on the other half no yeah. kidding how and, do you do that and that was... barber barber had some of that at the season finale as well i mean that was some dicey weather yeah. i was at that race and it, there was crashes of plenty well that screws up suspension settings the rear shock if you don't have that thing dialed in if you've got it dialed in for dry versus wet all of a sudden you've got a completely different kind of bike i mean seriously that's that would just Not frustrate the heck out of me right yeah, pardon you know not to mention electronics. Oh, boy. That's a whole different show. They don't friend. just have a, a rain button right there on the dash for you, Kyle? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that'd be Not great. Quite that simple. It is never. <laughs> it is never that simple, I'm sure. Uh, what are you doing in the off season besides, obviously, trying to wrangle together uh, potentially a brand change? And I mean, are you looking at uh, what's your 600 program look like? Are you going to have another rider, or is that an edge yet to be determined? Still yet to be determined. You know, obviously the goal is fund my thing enough that uh, I don't have to. You know, Bryce and I were able to split some costs and just help each other out. That's cool. Last year, and it it, it was it was good for both of us. Not all race teams but, are like that, though. I mean, you, you're actually very fortunate, right? Yeah, it's crazy. We're in racing. We do this thing where we come to an agreement at the beginning of the year, and then we both do what we're what we say we're going to do. And then we're both happy at the end of the year, and we go our separate ways. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Crazy, right? It is. It is weird. If uh, if only our p- paddock wasn't full of, uh, or uh, at least didn't witness uh, some scenarios that didn't go exactly that way. Um, yeah. I know you've had a, a a very. I'm sure not all that small, but. Uh, Unfortunately, we're all hearing ballistic uh, is going away from the market, and uh, there's been some changes there. I know they've been a longtime sponsor for you, so I'm sure that adds yet another wrinkle to uh, the whole season. You've got to fill that hole in your budget. Yeah, it's a, it's a bummer to see those guys and Chip especially uh, running that deal. Um, and Millennium Technology, those guys have been such a huge supporter of mine as well, uh, yeah, it's definitely a bummer to to see those guys go away, but you know, for you know reasons that make a lot of sense, and you know, it's just uh, one of those deals. So sometimes yeah. things in our world, uh, in the racing world, just run their course. Uh, we see it in every form of racing. It's by no means unique to road racing. It's yeah. every kind of racing. You know what I do every time we interview a road racer, which is sometimes three, four, five times every show. I'm always trying to figure out how I can I can work Johnny Rock Page into the conversation, and uh, <laughs> oh, and I always cringe when you do. <laughs> oh, do you miss Kyle? Do you miss JRP? I haven't We'd, heard of him. Johnny Rock Page. Oh, that's awesome! What? That's the best response Kyle. yet. Thank you, Kyle. Okay. Thank you, Kyle. Uh, he's shutting it down. 
What's the next question? <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. You and I are at least. We're on the same page there. Uh, do you get to do any uh, off-season uh, racing of any other form, Kyle? You go out and flat track at all, moto, anything like that, or no time with the new wife? Uh, certainly, I understand that. Uh, luckily, she's pretty heavy into this stuff, too. <laughs> you know? So, uh, get, you know, her getting ready for next year with the TV package, which hopefully we'll hear a lot about soon uh, as the pit reporter. And uh, I'm riding a little bit of moto, but I'm actually riding a lot on the on the road course. I've, I've recently become a, a member out of Indy Motorsports Ranch. Cool. Outside of Tucson, Arizona. So uh, yesterday I was out riding the Ducati V4S. How nice. Is yep. So pretty uh, pretty badass motorcycle. Yeah, they are impressive. Yeah. So no, I just uh, been doing a lot of just just riding. To, to stay fit, a lot of cycling, and um, man, after traveling to Malaysia, Indonesia, we both got sick in Indonesia, all this crazy stuff, it feels like it was yesterday, it's been a couple weeks since we've been home, so we've been trying to just take it easy. Not a lot left in you? No. <laughs> I'm starting to replenish. International, international travel can take it out oh, of, uh, and, how about, and just the sickness you get from flying. How about Everett's getting hit by malaria? You guys hear about this? When did this happen? Ten-time motocross champ, Stefan Everts, uh, got malaria when he was traveling, and that's... That's no joke. Right, right. He's he's in an induced coma in uh, oh, wow. in ICU in Belgium. Pretty ill. It's a, it's a, it's a bad deal. So when you travel to Malaysia or, or any any country like that, I mean, it's load up on the emergency. Yeah, because you can you can get sick. It's well, a, yeah, it's probably that uh, that pale ale Belgian beer. Probably yeah, probably one. not. Yeah. All right, uh, sponsor role, man. Who do you want to thank? I really want to thank first and foremost Moto America because these guys are just doing such a good job getting this series back on track and really doing all the right things so you know just as just like i feel like i wouldn't be here without xrs and, and stuff like that man moto america is making it uh as good as it can be for for the teams and and riders to go figure out how to make a living they're giving us the platform they're not doing the work for us but they're giving us the platform that's allowing us to really do do some uh some good work so um, I'm recently signed to Alpine Stars for next year. Nice. Next show and uh, 60 helmets are back on board for next year, so I'm looking forward to having truly the best, the the best protection in the industry. And uh, you know what that means for us here in the studio? On. You know what it means for us? Yeah. Stickers. Yeah. Oh yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! So. De- decals. We want the vinyl kind, by the way, not the paper one. <laughs> those, those suck. Once you try peeling them off, you get nothing but that white bleed behind crap. Oh, All right. Funny. Up against the clock, fellas. What do you think about that? Hmm. Goes by quickly. It does. Thank you so much for uh, joining us. A little bit early, Kyle, but uh, Colin Edwards is going to follow you. How about that? You got the opening act. All right. Tell him I said hello. We'll do it. Kyle Wyman, thank you. Merry Christmas, my friend. Appreciate the time. All right. Thank you, guys. This portion of the show brought to you by our friends at Fly Racing and the new light hydrogen racewear. 
It was the first true lightweight racewear to the market and the original gear line to define the minimalist lightweight category. But when you're first, guess what you got to do? You got to stay on the gas and Fly continues to develop and improve this premium gear with the addition of the BOA system. This revolutionary waist adjustment system offers fast on-the-fly adjustability with a truly dialed-in fit. A simple turn of the dial delivers unparalleled performance, comfort, and convenience. Visit flyracing.com for more details. This is Jeff Gibson. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Hey, everybody. It's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard pack supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions, and it's now available in a new four-stroke model for racing or recreation riding big four-stroke. Strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Dual VRM340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT-approved. Most of the tires are available in the new slow-rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the tacky tires, the choice of Sherco off-road. Racers say when using a tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber. <laughs> With no speed limits, no tickets, and no left-turning minivans, Track Addicts Track Days allows you to experience the performance of your sport bike in a safe and fun environment. Track Addicts Track Days offers a variety of programs, ranging from their new rider school to their advanced group sessions for experienced track riders. Get all the details at trackaddicts.com. That's track, A-D-D-I-X.com. Or call Ducati Omaha at 402-408-4400. Learn to ride your sport bike the way it was meant to be written with track addicts track days it's a fact the best you've ridden is the best you know until you've ridden race tech suspension you haven't experienced the best suspension possible race tech is the science of suspension for atv and utvs motocross freestyle and stunning off-road supermoto road race sport bikes cruisers touring and vintage bikes as well as adventure riding with gold valve kits to upgrade your stock forks and shocks and our g3s custom series shocks you too can have the Racetech suspension advantage, and it's all made in the USA. For more information about Racetech products and applications, visit our website at Racetech.com. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10, right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. If you're passionate about riding motorcycles both off-road and on, check out the full line of Yamaha Dual Sports at Hicklin Power Sports. The Yamaha TW200 features Yamaha's famous reliability, electric start, an ultra-low seat, and comfortable fat tires, making it one of the industry's simplest to ride motorcycles. The Yamaha XT250 offers the same ultra-dependable, user-friendly performance, but in a more versatile, powerful, and lighter weight package. And for riders who like to take their fun off-road more than on, there's the high-performance enduro-derived Yamaha WR250R, featuring long-travel suspension and advanced high-end design. Whatever 
your budget or riding style, Yamaha has a dual sport model that's right for you. For more, visit YamahaMotorsports.com today. Then visit Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes to see the new 2017 models from Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Don't wait another minute for that new dream home you've always wanted. I'm Tony Wink for Jack Daly on Construction. For 66 years, the DeLeon family has been building custom homes, existing home remodeling, and adding on for customers across central Iowa. The DeLeons will offer you one-on-one attention that the big builders simply can't. They'll walk you through the process so you'll get the home that you want. Jack works well with your plans or can show you from his library of over 1,200 house plans and make your dreams a reality. Call the DeLeons at 515-321-5225. Tell them you heard about them on Pit Pass Radio and receive 5% off the price. Jack DeLeon Construction, serving Iowa since 1946. This is Davey Coombs, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Love the Elvis Presley music throughout the holidays. I love it. Welcome back to the show. It is Pit Pass, part of the uh, Front Porch Media Group. Appreciate that. Also, I want to tell you folks that this program is brought to you part by our good friends at what? Hicklin Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa. You can find Yamaha, Sea-Doo, Can-Am, Beta, KTM, and Polaris. Conveniently located all under one roof. And if you have a need, I'm going to invite you to stop by, talk to the folks in Grimes, Iowa at the home office of Hicklin Power Sports. If you can't do that, get online. It's an interesting website to check out, but you're missing out. If you just go to the website, because you can't get your haircut on the website yet. But I'll bet you anything you can in the store if you have an appointment. HicklinParsports.com. See the friendly staff there. Talk to uh, Bart Hicklin or any one of his friendly staff members, and they'll be able to help you get on a new bike for 2019. How about that? Okay, joining us now is a two-time world superbike champ and uh, competed in the MotoGP class for over a decade. Of course, he is the Texas Tornado Colin Edwards joining us from Texas now. Colin, welcome back to the show. It's been too long, man. Uh, no, what's going on, man? I've been trying. I've been like incognito. Yeah, where you been, <laughs> man? Uh, three kids, wife, uh, Thanksgiving, birthdays, uh, anniversaries, all that stuff going on. It's just kind of continuing. Plus, you have one really killer school, the Texas Tornado Boot Camp, that uh, I have to believe continues to be a sellout type deal. Is that right, Colin? Oh yeah, it's awesome. We just had a, a full. Uh, Bridgestone, a bunch of Europeans. I mean, they were Austria, Switzerland, Sweden, France. Um, I mean, what in every country over there had 24 of these guys over. And uh, it's kind of a corporate thing we do every year for them. We do a Bridgestone U.S. camp also. But um, our public camps are always full. And it's fun, man. You know, just to get back a little bit. I've learned a lot over, you know, on two wheels over the last 40-something years. So just trying to get back and, uh, and teach these guys how to go fast. It is, uh, your your camp is, well, I would compare it to what, uh, you know, it's like one of those Major League Baseball camps for baseball nerds that uh, go later in life. It is exactly that for motorcycle nerds like myself. And you mean it in the kindest way. Abs- absolutely, I do. It, I absolutely do. I mean, guys uh, my age, up and down, uh, certainly want to be there. Uh, a number of friends and I for, who are Amateur road racers have all, you know, 
routinely we attempt to get it together where we would all go at the same time and we just haven't been able to pull it off yet well here's your biggest problem you send out the first vehicle you send out is the beer truck uh <laughs> and you you let them get two three hours ahead of you yep, by kansas right. city you guys have caught them <laughs> got him waylaid them at a rest stop and then it starts to go downhill from there that's all i'm saying <laughs> adjust the departure time for the beer truck i i was there actually um and colin i don't know what it was it was you were having races or something, and we were dirt there. Dirt Wars. Dirt it's called war. the Dirt Wars. Yeah, we were there for a Loretta yeah, Lynn's yeah. qualifier. Yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> well, now we have, we have Dirt Wars, which is we run our bike, and then we have like a Mad Dog, if you bring your own. That's what it was. And we also have Mad Dog-only events, which, you know, bring your own bike. So the, the, the Dirt Wars like a speed sprint, kind of a speedway set up, you know, 28 races. Everybody never raced somebody at the same time. Um it's a cool event, and then you know you come up with the guy with the most points at the end, and you got a D main, and a C, B, and A main, and and winner take all. Yeah, it was it was cool though. I mean, just the uh, it was Mad Dog, it was Mad Dog bikes, and and your yeah. your uh, your saloon you got set up there and everything. It's just it's it's a super cool place to go, and and uh, it's just a bummer. It's so far away from me, but. Uh, in addition to the boot camp, that has never stopped you. The, truth, um, <laughs> you work with any current Moto America riders as a as a rider coach, and if and if you don't, um, is that something you're interested in doing? Yeah, I mean, I don't. Um, I wouldn't mind. I would actually enjoy it. The the problem is, as we all know, it's just man. I mean, funding nowadays in Moto America. You know, when Wayne took this whole thing over, I was I was kind of ready to, let's say, spur it to life and kind of get it going. And um, it's just, man, I mean, financially and and funds coming from. Anyways, to make this happen, you have to have factories involved. If you don't have factories involved, then there is no championship. So, you know, you need Honda, you need Kawasaki, you need all these guys coming in, and and when they come in, then we can actually build a real championship and it, this is my opinion but this is how it used to be and and when we had funding and money going through the paddock that's how it was absolutely we we all agree colin and unfortunately the american picture i don't think is all that much different than the international picture for for racing budgets are tight when it comes to racing um we we've seen uh, unfortunately recently a shrinking in the in manufacturers that are involved. Uh, yeah. Graves Yamaha is is unfortunately racing less guys on the track next year than they raced last year. That's not the direction we want to see it going. Clearly, we can't put that. I don't think uh, the blame on Moto America. They're doing everything they can. And Honda, and, obviously. Well, Honda hasn't been in. You know, they're arguably not in and kawasaki's not in and colin's point is a valid one we need to get these oems out on the the road race track not only just have them there their their money matters and in getting some quality teams on the track beyond the two major oems that are out there right now yeah and i mean the old saying goes win on sunday so on monday you know which that has always been the case the problem is if you're not involved how can you sell on Monday? And the, the reality of it is, is you look at the sport bike sales throughout the world. I mean, it's just from the mid nineties, early nineties, when it was going nuts, it obviously is not 
going nuts. And I don't know how how more polite to put this, but unfortunately, we have our hardcore fans. Sure, you know, we have guys that are through and through uh, bite nuts. But the reality of it is, I don't think we're gaining a lot more, um, which I would love to see. But it's just I don't know how to do it. And you know, I mean, the boot camp is the only way we can bring people that have never ridden motorcycles. They come to Dirt Wars or Mad Dog and just get them on a bike. They don't have a bike. Come play and come ride. And if you like it, well, then go buy you a bike. Sure. And they're not that expensive. That's the only thing we can do. Yeah, they're not that expensive. That's yep. the only way we can try and help it out. The thing the thing that the, that the motorcycle industry is facing, whether they want to talk about it, we want to talk about it or not, is the demographic of the average motorcycle rider, racer, whatever, is is aging. And it's... And, we're getting old and i'm 41 wow. and and that's yeah i know scott you're a lot, a lot i know you're a lot yeah, older you're than old, that scott dude, you're so but, old. but listen i'm <laughs> i'm telling you though but i'm the guy that can afford to buy the bikes and the guy that's active now so the 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 guys you know my peers that i'm riding with i have to ride with younger guys right because they're the the because older guys have they don't ride but um, I'm just they saying. Have like, they, they have jobs. They have jobs. Okay, they have jobs. There, we said it. The other <laughs> guys my age have a job um, that they go to work nine to five. But you know what I mean? Like it's uh, okay. So we, I blew that. I, I don't work. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, honestly, I mean, our average age at, at boot camp is forty to forty-two. That's our average age, you know. And it's the guy that has a job, you know, a couple kids, wife has a little bit of money to spare, and wants to come out and get his motorcycle skills better. That is our average client right there. The reality of it, and you look at NASCAR, they used to be 20 to 40. Well, 20 years later, all their fans are 40 to 60. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, it's the same thing. We all, we all are fans, but we're not gathering the younger demographic. Yeah, that was the point I was trying to make before we yeah. started talking about my well, lack of a job. You actually had a point. Your lack of a job. <laughs> my lack of a job, yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and un- unfortunately, this is uh, it's a theme throughout the motorcycle world. It's it clearly, I think everyone recognizes it. Harley was facing this as a manufacturer about ten years before motorcycles at large were. I mean, is this when they bought bought the product line back from uh, AMF? Just, uh, no, th- the fact that their their clientele was aging, and this was really, I mean, as a student of the industry. They experienced this before everyone else did. All and now it is yep. just motorcycling at large. But at one time, it was really prevalent. Harley Davidson was struggling to get new riders. Right. Now we are saying the exact same thing about motorcycle riders. Period. period. To take brand out of the picture. Well, it's interesting yep. that you would bring up Harley Davidson. I want to perhaps get your input on, on this, uh, Colin, as well as our in studio guys here, but. Uh, it was recently released that uh, uh, Performance Brokerage Services has uh, helped uh, Michael McGrath, part of the McGrath family that owns and operates uh, dealerships in Iowa and elsewhere, yeah. uh, has yeah. increased the family footprint to more dealerships by the uh, when they acquired Wheelers or Weeblers rather Weeblers Quad City Harley Davidson in Davenport after only at some 19 years or more. But it's time. It's that. A breed of, of motorcycle shop owner that Tony has been buying bikes from, and now we're going to see a, a younger demo that's going to be operating. Are you seeing? Is is there some kind of correlation we should be realizing there from your perspective? 
Well, I mean, you mentioned the four-wheel uh, department and UTV. You know, that side is skyrocketing. Right. I mean, you cannot, you can't go to anybody's house nowadays without seeing a UTV or four-wheeler. I mean, and that's, you know, I live in Texas, so that's hunting and fishing, and, and you got a, a vehicle to go from point A to point B. Um, as far as your question, younger demographic on that side, absolutely. And I'm... Um, if you're in a, a motorcycle family uh, and done all that for your whole life, right. I would suggest the UTV four-wheeler side. Of course, that's that's another way to, to bring more revenue. Mm. And you know what? I think there's some some intelligence quotient that goes into this, and that is it's much easier if you're going deer hunting to put a deer on the back end of your four, you know, your side by side, your four. Not necessarily easy to put it on a uh, in a drag bag and, and haul it behind your 450 obviously but the, 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 the trouble answer. yeah the trouble with these side-by-sides and we've we've beat this horse and i don't want to burn up my once a year or less interview with colin edwards about this but the, <laughs> the problem with that is, is is these kids that are riding in the back or side of these side-by-sides or maybe even driving them they don't go up to buy motorcycles they just drive cars and maybe another side-by-side it's it, it, it's the, the worst thing that could that the motorcycle manufacturers could have invented is the side-by-side by my estimation i own two of them so i'm not going to say that but i also have a lot more motorcycles so well can, can i interrupt it goes so far deeper than that because when you look at, at places in asia or italy or wherever i mean these kids grow up and they get to get on a scooter right. when they're 14 15 years old so by the age of 10 or 11 they're daydreaming about the scooter they can buy you know and they got pictures on the wall and, and they're researching the cheapest coolest scooter they can buy and they grow up with this love of two wheels we don't have that i mean we we that's not a part of americana we don't do that we grow up thinking hey man i want a cool jeep or i want a ferrari i mean that's or an old 69 camaro that's our or a lifted truck more 49 willies yeah exactly you know you get exactly where i'm going but you have to understand where motorcycles or scooters or two wheels thrive, these kids are daydreaming it about it by the age of 10, 11, 12. They already know what they want. That's their first motor transportation. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's a different world for sure. So our, our guest is Colin Edwards, and, and Colin, uh, Motor America's new Twins class was, I would say, pseudo-successful in its first season and, and definitely some good racing. Um what do you think about a few appearances in the class on an FZ07? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> For me, absolutely not. I mean, I can't even see the light go out nowadays. So that's why I have to put some plexiglass <laughs> glasses on. Um, no, I think it's awesome. I always loved the Twins class. They used to have that Battle of the Twins and all that back when I was racing here. Um, and they were doing the 888s or 851s, whatever it was. 880, yep, the 883s. Yeah, it was a blast. The Bostrom boys were out there. Did you race any of those bikes yeah. when they were out? You were a little old for that. Yeah, I didn't. It came in, like the I think, the year after I signed for Vance and Hunt. It was, like, right around that time. But, man, you talk about good racing. It was always good, tight racing. 
Yeah, and, but I mean, again, that really is the heyday where we're all missing. The the fields were so stacked. Guys like you were getting paid to race 600s. I mean, and there wasn't enough, you know, the grid wasn't big enough to let guys like Bostrom get on a, a paid ride, and he was certainly fast, but it got really young, fast racers out on the track and let sponsors and teams see them uh, racing each other. Absolutely. And I mean, one that comes to mind, Mike Hale, you know, back in my day, I mean, he was, uh, but anyways, all these kids, they came up and that was just a way to get out and show your talent. It was, it was awesome. And we raced on stupid tracks like Charlotte, put motorcycles on a damn speedway. <laughs> I mean, or, or, and nail some boards to the ground. There's your scheme, bro. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, what do you think the recipe for MotoGP is for their continued success and growth? Man, I don't know. Honestly, I wish I knew that. Um, and I thought years ago, if you could somehow lure, you know, one sport that thrives in our country is motocross. And if you could somehow lure, you know, your your 12 to 14, 15-year-old really fast kids that have a lot of talent, if you could somehow lure them, uh, hey, you know what, you have to be top three or top four in the country, which all those kids think they're going to be. Um, but if you could actually sit them all down and say, hey, you got to be top three or top four to actually make any money, why don't you come road racing and make no money? No, actually, that didn't go right, did it? <laughs> <laughs> but to at least try to think about a future. The problem is now, and, and I've just had this conversation last week, with the Bridgestone Euro guys, it's almost impossible for a U.S. guy to actually get out of the U.S. nowadays in road racing just because there's no level. You don't understand what it is. You got to go to Spain and do the CEB championship and if, or, or BSB, something similar. Yeah, but even BSB, why would you look at uh, James Raspoli? I mean, he's over there doing that. You got guys doing it, but it's like, how can you get out of it? You have to kind of do the CV Spanish thing where all the money is and work your way up. But the next question is, why would a CV team give America, an American all the good stuff to beat all the Spanish kids on the grid? Because, because they want to see all the, Yeah, but they want to see everybody treated fairly. Uh, <laughs> there is a lot of decades of uh, practical know. experience to suggest that <laughs> might I, not be the case. Am I reading more into it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. You might be reading more into. Yeah, there, I think the 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 famous quote from forever ago is, "I didn't have the right passport." <laughs> yeah, exactly, and that that's the truth. Uh, and uh, it's unfortunate the way it is, but motorcycling is MotoGP is hard for. I mean, Spanish. Uh, yeah, Superbike used to be Italian. Uh, BSB, obviously, but you have, you have your, your clicks. You know, that's the way it is. Well, that's, uh, I think, just another reason why we need to build the border wall. Let's go back to Tony. Tony? The border wall. Uh, <laughs> Ducati, the, uh, they're talking, Ducati's talking about they not only want a MotoGP championship, but they also want a World Superbike and, and British Superbike championship. Do, do you think, uh, what are your thoughts on that, Colin? Do you think that there's, uh, that Ducati can, can accomplish these things with given their uh, their current platform you know we've talked about that ducati for i don't know how many years the motor gp bike and this year we all kind of unanimously degree or, or, or agree that it's probably the best bike on the grid which uh, we honestly i've never thought i would say that 
I mean, it's always been fast, but it never turned worth a damn. Right. Um, it always had its own little issues. Uh, the electronics are amazing. Uh, they actually have the bike figured out. And when you look at the Vizioso, what Lorenzo did this year, you could say, hey, man, that thing looks, it's always up near the front. It looks good. And when you discount Marquez, that Honda looks terrible, <laughs> to be honest with you. I mean, there's Crutchlow won a race in Argentina, but other than that... Honda he was crashing a bunch to get it, too. I mean, the it, argument could be made he was pushing as hard as anyone can oh, to keep it where he was. Absolutely. So, as far as Ducati, yeah, they have a big picture. Uh, and as far as that, this new bike they got coming out that can actually win uh, in the Superbike stage, I don't. I, I think their hat's off to them. They, they have a goal, and I think they can absolutely reach it. Your buddy Rossi, uh, Valentino Rossi, signed on to continue his Yamaha racing for in MotoGP for at least another year, right? So, yep. um, after winning, seeing it all, where does someone like that get the motivation to continue? How does that guy continue to, to throw his leg over? Is it money? And No, it can't be money. It can't what, be. Uh, it's, man. How does he do it? You, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, the only the – only, let's say, insight I could possibly give you. He doesn't have any kids, doesn't have a wife. Um, his whole life has only ever been motorcycling. Hmm. Um, so to get up every morning and this is what I'm going to do, absolutely. He loves going to the camp, into the camp, training with him at, at his ranch. He's been my place. Um, he just loves to ride a motorcycle, and that's what it takes, you know. And I know when I ended up retiring, it got to a point where like, okay, come on, this is, you know, I got kids and wife, and you got to kind of look at everything. But yeah. he doesn't have that. He doesn't have that to, to let's say, they demotivate him. Not devote. I shouldn't say my kids. They not demotivate. But like your you level of importance changes. Yeah. Yeah, important. There you go. Exactly. Your your focus. So, um, keeping all that in mind, uh, we are way past the break, but I got to tell you, it's always good to have you on Colin and, and appreciate you jumping back into the mix. Uh, the Texas tornado is alive and well, and, uh, <laughs> and I know you're looking forward to Christmas, aren't you? Absolutely guys. I How is Rossi's uh, English, by the way? It's good. Yeah, I mean, he can play like it's not good, but it's great. You know, I mean, it uh, just depends on what question you ask him. If he depends, if he, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. The reason I ask him, can, you know. He some, might be doing a little uh, power fade there uh, just exactly. to, to get around some exactly. situations. I'm just thinking it would be great to have him on the show, and uh, if you can help facilitate with, that. With Colin. Yeah, that'd be great. Maybe you could be the yeah. interpreter. He says, uh, do not uh, understand yeah. what you're saying. <laughs> Definitely possible. <laughs> All right, buddy boy. Hey, thanks so much, Colin. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you and yours. All right. You can Texas Tornado. Watch him. Yeah. Two-time world superbike champ and so much more to our sport. Appreciate that. Colin Edwards heads to the uh, pits. We'll take short time out on the Pit Pass Radio Network, part of the Front Porch Media Group. Stay tuned. With the tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by modern dirt bikes, today's racewear must withstand tremendous forces. It must breathe well, be lightweight and protective, yet still durable. 
Fly Racing created its Evolution 2.0 racewear to fulfill these requirements. Evolution 2.0 features the industry's first BOA closure system race pant designed to provide custom comfort, smooth, even closure, no pressure points, and simple one-handed adjustment. Add to that the Evolution 2.0 ProFit Advanced Ventilation Jersey and Premium Race Glove, and you have Generation Next racewear, built to withstand the extreme conditions created by the modern dirt bike. For more information, visit flyracing.com. It's much more than a piston company. Wiseco now offers a full line of quality performance products, including forged pistons, precision forged clutch baskets and hubs, crankshafts, camshafts, forged connecting rods and valves. At Wiseco, we offer accessories for just about any motorcycle, ATV, snowmobile, personal watercraft, outboard marine engine, or automobile on the market today. After 70 years in the business, Wiseco has established a great reputation as a brand that can be trusted to deliver high quality performance products for power sports enthusiasts and professionals wiseco america's motor racing talk show pit pass motor racing weekly comes your way each sunday morning from 8 to 10 right here on des moines sports station 1460 kxno this is 1460 kxno if you're passionate about riding motorcycles both off-road and on check out the full line of yamaha dual sports at hickland power sports the Yamaha TW200 features Yamaha's famous reliability, electric start, an ultra-low seat, and comfortable fat tires, making it one of the industry's simplest-to-ride motorcycles. The Yamaha XT250 offers the same ultra-dependable, user-friendly performance, but in a more versatile, powerful, and lighter weight package. And for riders who like to take their fun off-road more than on, there's the high-performance, enduro-derived Yamaha WR250R, featuring long-travel suspension and advanced high-end design. Whatever you your budget or riding style. Yamaha has a dual sport model that's right for you. For more, visit YamahaMotorsports.com today. Then visit Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes to see the new 2017 models from Yamaha. The first name in dual sports. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Time out. Drink Swell Vodka, proudly and carefully distilled and filtered in Iowa. Find Swell Vodka in fine stores, restaurants, and bars near you. Like Swell on Facebook. Hi, this is Doug Henry, Adaptive Snowcross, Winter X Games Gold Medalist, and you're listening to Pit Pass. Happy Holidays, Merry Christmas to each and every one of you from all of us here at Pit Pass and the Front Porch Media Group. Do appreciate you listening throughout the year. We are grateful for you. And uh, I tell you what, it's one thing to be able to talk to some of these guys, but to get to know them over the years, like Colin, there's some behind-the-scenes stuff, and we like to be able to share that with you, and we hope you do enjoy that part of it. And it's always a special thrill, though, when we get to talk to some of the greats, you know, like uh, whether it's Jeremy McGrath or Chad Reed or Colin Edwards or Kyle Wyman or whoever, K-Dub. You know, there's uh, so many opportunities we get. And then we get to talk about uh, certain things like uh, rule changes. Um, <laughs> really exciting stuff, right? Well, no, no. I think it's I think it's exciting, and here's why. Because it will affect um, the outcome of races. It has to. Okay? Absolutely will. And it's, I think the intention of what's happening in World Superbike at some level is to hopefully shake up things. Uh, it would seem prevailing thought is World Superbike uh, fans have perhaps voiced... Uh, not concern, but hey, this is kind of one guy killing everybody. Right. Well, what they've done is they've changed things slightly this year. I will try and keep it concise and easy to understand. 
instead of having a Saturday Super World Superbike race and then a Sunday World Superbike race, we are still going to have those two races. Okay. Those two will happen. We have added a third race that will happen on Sunday mornings at the World Superbike weekend events, and it will be a much shorter sprint race. What are they hoping to accomplish with that? Uh, the fact that it'll be a short race uh, with its own points, its own point system. It will not be scored in the same manner. The, the points on offer for this third race are significantly lower, um, they and they aren't paying as far back in position. Uh, they're only paying back to, I think, seven places, seven or eight, three, six, nine places. You're, you're going to pay back to ninth place in this very short sprint race, uh, 10 laps. I think, again, what they're attempting to accomplish is to, you know, put some, uh, some of the guys who maybe race in the – in the longer races, some of the guys who are near the front at the beginning and then fade, those guys maybe have more of a chance. And uh, then maybe they pad their points a little, and maybe they make the whole series a little more interesting because the last couple seasons we've seen Ray dominate, and he's got the championship wrapped up with bunches of weekends left in the season. And it's hard to sell tickets. Okay, so Ray is uh, – and this what comes to mind is, is Feld – entertainments arena cross with the inverted starts and the, the briefcase and all the other stuff all the stuff they tried to do to, to make, shake it up to shake it up so tyler bowers didn't win a fifth championship and tyler bowers and that's day, what you think they were really trying to do or were they just trying to make it entertaining for the fans so they had a reason to buy a ticket you know that's the question uh well they do own the circus um but uh you know obviously their formula for supercross is is working. I mean, Colin Edwards even says Supercross is the is it's the the form of motorcycle racing in the U.S. that, that is at least visibly is thriving. You maybe know more and think maybe there's some weak I'm chinks in the you, fence, but I'm telling you, as a as a local racetrack owner promoter, um, it, we are long term. That sport is in trouble because it's not. It's going to. It's like farmers. All the small farmers are going to go away. Eventually, it's only going to be big farmers, I believe, unless something changes. And it's hard to States. have a it's hard to have an engaging race series when there's ten guys on the starting line, right? Bingo! That's I mean, exactly what we're facing and, these days. You'll have three, four. MotoGP classes. ran into this years ago when we got down under 15, 16, 14 race bikes at MotoGP. It started being pretty dicey, and right. same at our national level, you know. And well, I mean, if you read, I read an article that that uh, Danny Walker was was uh, was it on Road Racing World or was it Cycle News? I don't remember. It's probably Road Racing World, but um, <clears throat> excuse me, he was talking about how, why his team closed down and the electronics and everything. I mean, he really he really spelled it out why there's only eighteen guys, maybe. In the on the uh, in the Moto America series on the Superbike class, and it's because you know there's 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 a lot. I guess we didn't get into it enough. We don't have you know. Let's save this for next week because there's there's a lot to talk about. We got and I'll, plenty I'll prepare to talk about. And I'll have I'll have a lot of stuff to uh, reference when we come. I back. just approved another hour of the show for tonight. So, oh no, not tonight. Okay, then next next uh, week next it week. is. Okay, perfect. Hey, thanks to each and every one of you for listening. For Eddie Kulikamp, Tony Wink, Roman Avila, PJ Duran, 
Chris Bishop, Tommy Boy Halverson, Jack and Leanne DeLeon, I'm Scott Casper speaking. Merry Christmas to each and every one of you. Happy holidays. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to America's Motor Racing Talk Show. It's Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. May I have your attention, please? Excuse me. Are you listening to me? Thank you. The preceding was an exclusive presentation of Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, a division of Pit Pass Radio LC. Any use of this copyrighted material without the express written consent of Pit Pass Radio LC is strictly prohibited. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.